Welcome to Tech Live. Stephanie Christopher here, CEO of the Executive Connection. We connect leaders with a trusted network of people who help them succeed. Stephanie, are you over COVID yet? I am. I am. I'm not fully back to exercising yet, but I'm pretty well over COVID. I'm yeah, over COVID in so many <laughs> ways, Leah. And it uh, feels like a great time, actually, to have our wonderful guest in the studio today, Krista Leonard. Krista is a partner at Kingston Reed, which is Australia's largest national specialist employment law firm. Krista has over 15 years' experience working with clients across a broad range of industries with a strong and much-valued government practice at the Commonwealth and state level where she is the trusted advisor on many complex employment matters. And while we're here thinking about small and mid-sized businesses, what a complex suite of employment matters they have to deal with anyway. Krista Leonard, welcome to Tech Live. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Thank you for joining us. So if we were going to talk about COVID primarily today, is this conversation going to be out of date (laughs) in a week or two? It's a great question because the landscape has shifted, obviously, and quite rapidly since December uh, of last year. And it's a question that employers are having to look at Mm -hmm. in terms of really understanding what the risk is and how that risks change over the course of the pandemic and certainly as these variants come and go. Mm. And certainly what we know anecdotally, um, I'm not going to profess to be a medical expert or anything, is that the Omicron variant, which is the predominant strain uh, in Australia at the moment, uh, does appear to be less severe. And Mm. so the initial concerns in relation to the work health safety risk of businesses um, does need to adjust somewhat uh, and and hopefully, uh, as we see invariably, uh, other strains coming, they will be of a, a, a less severe nature, in which case the conversation does need to change. So when we last spoke, it was mid-Delta and the whole fear about if someone caught COVID in your workplace, the implications for you as an employer... Even though Omicron is notionally more mild, then you'd also say there's a greater risk that someone will catch it at work because it seems to be more contagious. Right. So how are employers dealing with this when they're looking now with a change in health orders in New South Wales on the 1st of March and bringing people back into the office? What should employers be aware of as potential traps? Right, and it is important to remember that it is a risk and any risk in the workplace needs to be assessed Mm. uh, and looked at from the basis of, well, if you can't uh, eliminate that risk, what can you do to minimise it? To control it. Right, and so obviously businesses currently and have been for the last two years having their COVID safe plans uh, in place, which um, include a range of measures to try and minimise that risk. As more people come back to the office, I think it's a matter of reassessing and keeping those uh, COVID safe plans up to date, but also talking with your workforce and um, you know making sure they're, they're understanding of 
what is uh, acceptable uh, in, in, in the workplace uh, is and does fit with, with the business's notion. So that means, for instance, really practical stuff. Like if you're going to have meetings and there still is requirements for, uh, you know, the number of people in a room that you, you, you maintain that and, and people are being sensible, that you do maintain a higher level of hygiene uh, and, mm. and cleanliness in the office and the things like that. So that's very practical measures that we – unfortunately have been, um, you know, having to do for the last two years but we need to keep going. Um, And I think a lot of businesses have uh, spoken to their employees over the last particularly six months around vaccination uh, and probably many have a good sense of who is vaccinated or at least the proportional percentage of of, uh, workers vaccinated. Um, I think it's really important that we don't let go and let si- lose sight of that as a control measure uh, mm. and whether or not it's mandated or it's strongly encouraged, uh, it will assist, we know, in reducing the severity but also the transmission of the virus. So um, if the companies do have or have insisted on vaccination and many have as a, a requirement to enter the office. Mm. Um, I think it's working out whether or not that's going to remain um, a, a requirement or not. And if not, that's fine. That may be absolutely acceptable. Uh, but um, being prepared to answer employees' questions around that. Uh, and I think we're seeing a lot of employees who are vaccinated saying, well, I'm a bit concerned about uh, turning mm. up to work uh, with Stephanie sitting here who may be unvaccinated or I know is. And so being able to respond to those sort of queries and and certainly um, you know, having answers to those questions, um, consulting with your workplace is going to be really important. So I remember from last time we spoke at our webinar, it was all about consultation. That's what was critical. And it always is. So whenever mm. there's any safety issue in the workplace, you've got to. You've got a positive duty under your work health safety legislation that applies to you to consult. Mm. Um, now, that's the legal answer. The practical answer is you're going to have a much a happier workplace if yeah. you do keep discussions, particularly if you've got a smaller workplace uh, and small to medium-sized businesses, you know, that, that conversation will be important. Uh, and having facts, having the answers, or at least um, if you don't have the answers, coming back and looking at them, but keeping mm. very factual and the emotion out of those conversations will be important. Interesting. So I've just had a thought because I thought you were going to say something like policies around if you're sick, stay at home. Or practice is mm-hmm. probably more than policy. So do you think that the workforce might have changed now that someone might say actually caught a bad flu at work that led to asthma? How much of a risk do you think there could be from shifts in expectations around safety and health mm-hmm. at work rather than just safety health beyond COVID? Yeah, that's a great question um, because I think for years we've all been battlers and come to the office mm. when we've had the flu mm. uh, and no doubt have 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 passed it on. I think, look, the risk is proportionate. So yeah. uh, if someone's uh, going to uh, catch a cold or the flu in the workplace, then typically speaking you're sick for a period of time, uh, there's no um, ongoing 
usually illness associated with it, um, and so it's less severe. Mm. Um, it is difficult to actually pinpoint where you catch a cold or a or virus anything from, these days, or actually. anything, that's yeah. right. And, of course, remembering people are coming to work on public transport, yeah. we're, we're hanging out in, in supermarkets, in movie cinemas. So um, from a workers' comp perspective, it's always very difficult to be able to establish, I think, mm. that you have contracted, um, mm. uh, you know, an illness at work, but certainly where there is evidence of such, then it, it could well be compensable. Um, I think practically the more serious the illness, then that's obviously going to be more of a measured risk. Yeah, okay. And how are employers managing the issues around proof? So if someone says, well, I need to isolate because either I have COVID or, you know, I mean it changes all the time whether mm. you need to isolate or not. But how are employers managing that, are you finding? So there's actually some positive obligations. Um, And if I take New South Wales, for example, under the public health orders that require uh, employees, people who have uh, in employment when they catch COVID and when they've been diagnosed through either a RAT or a PCR test to notify their employer. Right. So the first thing is, um, I guess, employers need to um, let their employees know that that is a requirement Mm. and that's a requirement under the public health order that has implications for the employee not not complying. Secondly, I guess in, in that case, it would be reasonable then for an employer, should they wish to, to require evidence um, and um, again, speaking in New South Wales simply because we happen to be sitting here, yeah. um, there is obviously uh, notifications that can, can be given from New South Wales Health if, mm. if and when you record uh, that you've received COVID, that or a PCR test result would be sufficient. Mm. Um, the reason for the request needs to be reasonable. And so obviously uh, if a worker is unwell as a result of catching COVID and depending on the type of worker, they may have uh, access to personal leave, Mm. Uh, then obviously an employer is within its rights to ask for evidence to satisfy itself that that personal leave is such. Um, And the same goes for carers' responsibilities. Okay. So nothing much has really changed. The main thing that I've heard from you before is consultation being key. It remains key. The context has shifted since in the, perhaps the last four months and it's going to shift again. It will and I think the, the key thing there if we, if we round out on the third thing which is your risk assessments and yes. your monitoring of risk and the level of risk in your workplace and that's going to take, again, you analysing what's happening externally with the virus and various mm. strains as well as the physical nature of your workplace Uh, how workers interact with each other uh, and the type of work being done. And, of course, there's industries where that's a higher risk than others. So Mm. understanding that and not just setting and forgetting that assessment that you did pre-Christmas but but keeping that um, alive and, and, and updated. It's actually bringing to the fore what's best practice for employers anyway, isn't it? It is. Things that you normally tick off for compliance. Yep. And and we're finding the COVID safe plans are yeah. a great way of updating that risk assessment. Yes, um, because that is something that does change, and you do need to obviously, you know, um, be aware of differences whether or not it's the number of people per square meter in an office, yes. whether or not it's the requirement to wear masks indoors. Um, as those uh, um, requirements are changing, COVID safe plans update. So mm. using that COVID safe plan in your business Mm. as a mechanism to monitor and assess risks and other control measures is a great way of doing it. 
Really good. Krista Leonard, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Stephanie. Discover more about tech at tech.com.au. Thank you.